everyone and welcome back to the relaunch of Up For Mental Health. Yes, we didn't disappear entirely. We were sorting some things out. Unfortunately, just the way that charities work here in the UK is not as straightforward as some of us would like. But that didn't mean we disappeared. We simply went into the background to make sure that we had things ready to go and bring back even stronger. And that's what happened. This time, there are three of us here. We are three of the trustees. Uh, I am Adam. We have Leah and RJ with us as well. Uh, so you may notice something there as well that we have RJ. RJ is our new trustee. Unfortunately, one of our previous trustees has um, had to move on to do other things purely because of time constraints. And of course, doing too much and getting overloaded is not going to be good for their mental health. So we have RJ as our new trustee coming in. And we're just going to have a chat today, like we did with our original podcast, about our involvement in mental health and really what we're looking to do. Now we are relaunching. And actually, when this comes out, now we have relaunched today. Um, you should have hopefully seen our t uh, Twitter um, interactions, as well as a couple of TikToks coming out uh, as well from our ambassador and a load of other stuff besides. So, um, yeah, I will, I will go round the room. I'll go round in the, in the order that I can see you both on my screen to kind of introduce yourself and say hello. So, um, Leah, I'm going to pass over to you. Do you want to just introduce yourself if anyone hasn't heard of you before? Um, I'm Leah. I'm the treasurer for the society. Society? No, not society, for the charity. I remember in uni. <laughs> what did you just finish? Hello. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I just graduated. Um, I myself have dealt with a lot of mental health issues and it's an area that I'm very passionate about. I think there's a lot of room for change and accessibility within mental health. So that's kind of why I'm involved. Yeah. RJ? Uh, I, I'm RJ. I'm a host of Untapped Keg. Um, I'm an alcoholic. So mental health is very important and forefront in my life. Um, I'm actually in therapy and I have ADHD. So all of this is to say that like, it's, I mean, it, honestly, I start my day and end my day with mental health and throughout the day, uh, it's a big deal. So talking about it and as Leah said, kind of changing the conversation around it is a, a huge deal. So. Yeah, and I think there's, there's something you've, you've said there immediately that always puts people on the back foot somewhat because of the way that neurotypicals have kind of formed the way we speak about mental health. And that's by immediately going, I'm an alcoholic. Because I think if you go back 5, 10, 15 years, alcoholic was always associated with that you are that you have to be drunk to be an alcoholic. That's how it was seen. Either, or you're a recovering alcoholic or you're... Whereas I think a lot of people nowadays, like yourself, just go, well, no, I'm an alcoholic. Whether that's in a recovery or not, I am alcoholic. That's why I'm in therapy. That's why I'm doing this. And that's what, I think that is important, like you say, about changing the, the discussion. Because, you know, I, I suffer from depression and a load of other different things. Leah um, suffers from different things. You know, I'm, in fact, every, I think we only have one person, one trustee I can think of that has, um, that has not suffered from some form of mental health, which is... That's 80% of the, the trustees. And I think that's actually the reality because a lot of, a lot of the, the, the stats that come out and just kind of go, oh, you know, four in 10 or, um, or you know, 20% or whatever have suffered from mental health. And I think that's bollocks. I think basically everyone has at some point. It's just mm -hmm. on the scale of suffering and shit that you're going through has actually happened. You know, it's, it could be 
that you're going for a promotion and you're massively overwhelmed and stressed for a couple of months. Now, because of the way that, again, neurotypicals frame the world, that's not mental health, you're just stressed. You know, they're going, the hell do you think stress is? <laughs> like, yes, it's not the same, but it's still something that, if the discussion is there, it makes it a lot easier for then discussions about anxiety, agoraphobia, um, obsessive compulsive disorder, ADHD, um, and, and alcoholism, because they all, at some point, overlap. And I think that, that does become an important discussion. Um, the one thing I will say to the audience, yes, you will notice that RJ is not English, and um, this is an English charity. However, as most of you also know, um, the resources for the charity and a lot of the resources that we're going to keep putting up, because, yes, we don't have as many resources as we want at the moment, but they are constantly going to be going up. There's more meditations that are going up. Um, we have about three meditations at the moment, as well as some breathing exercises. Uh, we have some music that was made just for us to try and um, allow you to stay calm, as well as some um, uh, fitness instruction as well. They can be used anywhere in the world. So although we are um, an English-based or British-based, and we will be doing our projects in the UK, our resources and the more we build on them, which could be coming from all over the world, will be helpful to anyone in the world. Um, so RJ has come on board. And RJ, I'm, I'm, I only realised the other day that, um, that you're, you're Bob Dylan, basically, aren't you? Your, your name, Bob Dylan's real name is, is yours. <laughs> I only is it really? Yeah, I was, I was just completely off subject. This is a podcast. I only just realised the other day that you are Bob, basically you're Bob Dylan. So, you know, um... <laughs> I do what I can, you know, no big deal. <laughs> um, but yeah, some things that people might have picked up on there as well is that um, I swore immediately. I know it's amazing. You know, somebody that's the, the chair of a, of a mental health um, charity, they shouldn't swear. And they kind of fuck off without thinking. OK, that's not how it works. Again. The idea that we've all got to be nice, we've got to go down this road and deal with things this way, that's why things don't work, that's why things don't happen, and that's why we've stagnated. I am more than happy, and I'm going to say this right away. Piers Morgan, or anyone, Andrew <laughs> fucking Tate, anyone along those lines that wants to have the interviews with me, bring it on, feel free because you're so used to talking to people who don't want to shake the boat. And the whole point of this charity is we do. We do want to rock that boat because the problem is, is that the people that aren't rocking it, nothing changes and the neurotypicals and societal um, norms stay in place. And all that happens is people like us three get pushed down even more. And that's not what we're about. We want to make sure that actually we're interacting with you the same way that you interact with anybody else. How is in the same way that if you're watching a, um, a film on TV or wherever that is talking about um, mafia bosses and murders and things like this, and they don't swear once, you don't believe it because it's not believable. It isn't real life. And that's my issue when we start talking about things like mental health and everything like that. People need to talk to us the way that they would do normally. In the same way that if you're interacting with someone online or in terms of their own mental health, don't gatekeep the way they need to talk about their mental health because that's the way they need to talk about it. Um, <laughs> I've seen that and a I lot think... before. On... Oh, sorry. Yeah, go for no, it. you go ahead, Leah. You're... I was going to say, um, I've seen it a lot on Twitch where people will come in and be like, oh, I've had a really bad fucking day or something. Mm. And someone's like, I know that you're having a hard day, but can you just watch your language? And it's that it's kind of minimizing someone's experience. So I, I think that's an important point. Yeah. And especially like, and that's a really good point, Leah. Like, it is minimizing people's experience. And 
when you look at blue collar workers, right? Like the general public, quote unquote, that's how we talk. So like I'm in a blue collar uh, work. So I work on average. We don't really have it over here. Do you want to explain? Well, okay. So it's like (laughs) the service worker industry. People work with their hands. So like I work on high voltage utility lines. So you talk to anybody and it goes beyond mental. It's also physical health, but you talk to any of us. And as soon as you start to say those words, or you're like, oh, can we calm down and have inside voices? Ears are off. We're not talking about it. Nobody's listening. There's no conversation. We're not moving anything forward. So talking like a real person and real people about this, it gets to more people. It gets into more ears and into, you know, the inside of your mind. And that's really what it's about. Yeah, exactly. And that's always my it's always my issue. And, and I, I, I picked those two specifically because I talk about Piers Morgan a lot because he's um, actively trying to destroy mental health, as far as I can tell. And um, and now with the rise of people like Andrew Tate, who wants to do the same. And all they do is seem to minimize the um, the interactions of those that are that are suffering. And whenever somebody does want to try and clap back and they actually do do something, they'll walk off. Or they won't actually have those discussions because they know full well that they're in the wrong and they don't want to have that. But I think that's where it has to change. And like you said, Celia, the amount of times, and I've made this point a lot, if you come in onto my channel on Twitch and when we're talking about mental health, don't, for one, and both of these, um, these two know, the word sorry is banned in my chat. So don't apologize for swearing because the swearing won't be banned. Your swearing message will go through. The follow-up where you're um, apologizing for swearing, that's not allowed. And so for me, if we're going to take anything out of the discussion of mental health, it's the, the saying sorry, um, not, the, not the swearing. The swearing is fine because if you're we, – we've had this um, from people in the past, and, and Mindset by Dave, um, another, another streamer and facilitator, um, talks about the fact that if you're in – don't expect someone that is in trauma to act like they're not. And that's the whole point. If someone is coming in on the, they've gone to everyone else and no one has listened. They're finally coming into your chat or they're just they're turning up to your house or they're ringing you, whatever is happening. And they're going, I don't know what the fuck to do. Just everything's going to shit. What the hell do I do now? And you go, mind your language. Fuck off. Like, that's the first thing. Because I, I don't know about you, RJ. Um, Leah, this may be a, a slightly old film for you, so you may not know it. But does that not ring a little bit like Dangerous Minds? The film Dangerous Minds. Very Mind. much so, yes. There's a, there's a bit in Dangerous Minds, but anyone that doesn't know it, um, it's, it's a film Michelle based Pfeiffer. on... Michelle Pfeiffer is a teacher that goes into um, a school. It's a, it's a worn-out kind of storyline now, um, a plot line. But the, the, the idea is that halfway through, there is someone um, basically that's in trouble with a gang, and he doesn't want to go forward, doesn't want to rat anyone out. And Michelle Pfeiffer says, look, go and talk to the principal, and we'll try and sort something out. He goes... And um, but he doesn't knock on the door. So because he didn't knock on the door, the principal, the principal sends him away and the guy then dies. Um, And, you know, she's her point is, you know, you basically killed him by telling him he had to knock on the door by sending him away just because he had to knock on the door. And it's the same thing for me. If all you're doing is swearing and someone's going, no, 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 we don't want that in here. You could be killing that person because that could be the last call for them. You don't know where they've been, what they've done, who they've tried to speak out to before then to then you finally go. Oh, no, 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 we don't want language like that in here. What? And, and the thing is as well is that you can have your, your standards of language. My mother certainly does. My mother would tell me off generally for, for language, but that's, that's in moments when 
I could have controlled. I know full well that if I went to my mum and just went, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And she could see that in me. She's not going to tell me off for swearing. She, she will try and be there in the same way that any human would. And I think that's something we need to change. We don't want the response to be that neurotypical nonsense. It has to be an actual discussion to open up. We've actually, um, these two won't have seen it yet because they've only just gone up. But, um, <laughs> but uh, Tori, um, our, um, our ambassador on TikTok, has just put out a video um, basically saying about the relaunch, wearing our ambassador T-shirt, um, talking about the fact that um, she suffers from uh, eating disorder. And, you know, the fact that she doesn't really open up about it that much, that not really her followers wouldn't have heard about it, but actually having starting the discussion and talking about us within it. And I think that's the thing that needs to change is the, the fact that we start being able to just talk about things because it makes the whole discussion easier as well. And it doesn't get to the point where somebody is just having to full on, you know, be in a traumatic experience to talk to you. They might just be like, okay, I know I can go to these people or this person or this group before things get there. You know, I can talk to my mates. I can talk to my principal, my tutor, or my employment agency. You know, it doesn't matter who it is that you could go to someone and actually say, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, and I, I want to get this out before I get somewhere. I mean, I don't know if you, you two have had those kind of interactions where you thought you couldn't go to someone because of something that's holding you back. Um, I I think I have, but it's more because mental health, kind of touching on something that you said a bit earlier, mm. people see mental health as like a continuous thing. So there'd be a lot of times where I would doubt if I'm actually struggling with something because I'm not experiencing the symptoms every single day, every single hour of the day. Um, so there's a lot of points where I didn't realize how bad it was until I was like on the very edge. And that's kind of when you reach out for help. Mm. And then, well, for me, I've, I've been turned away from GPs and things so yeah I think I felt that before yeah yeah and I think we tend to downplay things too right like oh I'm just being dramatic because that's what we've been told in our lives I'm you know like especially me like I've heard it like oh you're just being dramatic like it's not that big a deal or um things along those lines but like it's it's my feelings like no that's how my brain works like with ADHD not an excuse it's how my brain works and sometimes it's going to get in the way and like the freedom that I've felt learning more about ADHD and how it affects me and my especially with like time like I really struggle with time like you guys <laughs> you just experienced that and I unfortunately I'm unmedicated today because I forgot to take my medication oh that's another symptom of ADHD but um I like it's not an excuse it like the amount of I don't the amount of grace that I can give myself now because I'm like oh that's just how my mind works I have to work through this but sometimes it's going to be such a big obstacle it's slower than other times and that's okay like it has helped me move past things but it's also helped me to accept myself more yeah it's yeah. I mean, one of the biggest problems you pointed out there about ADHD is that the things that help you with your executive, your executive function take executive function. Yes. Fucking issue with ADHD. <laughs> so, like, on TikTok, I saw somebody, you know, you always tell me to write out lists. I have lists on lists on lists, but I forget to look at my lists. 
what good is a list if I forget to look at it? Like, <laughs> and that is so true. Yeah. I have I have sticky notes everywhere. Is 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 one of the biggest problems that come with it. But yeah, <laughs> um, is I think so many of us just we've got into this idea that we, like you say, we have to be ill all the time, otherwise we're making up. That's what we start to say. Mm-hmm. All of us have suffered or are suffering from conditions where um, intrusive thoughts are a fucking wonderful thing. Um, and the biggest thing about intrusive thoughts is they'll tell you you're not ill. They'll just tell you you're a complete arsehole. That's, that's what it is. You know, you're in the wrong. You're making it all up. You just want attention. You just want this. And unfortunately, sometimes those um, both neurotypical and neurodivergent, everyone around you will also treat you like that. They'll be like, no, you're just making it up because they want to also see you as suffering for them to believe you. Because the weirdest thing I think that um, there's been the thing with neuro, uh, the neurotypical society is that it's also made those that are suffering from neurodivergence want to live up to the standards of neurotypicals. And so neurodivergency still go, well, you, you aren't suffering right now, therefore it must be fake. And that's what our minds also tell us about ourselves. And so many people, so many times I've had interactions um, that I see um, with some people, and they're going to go, yeah, well, clearly I'm just making it up because I'm okay today. I'm okay at the moment. Therefore, that's it. I must be just making it up. And I can't just have all these things. Or the one that really gets me is when people go, but I don't want to have this. And it's this idea that that it must be bad then, that I don't want to have ADHD, I don't want to have anxiety, I don't want to have depression, I don't want to have bipolar, whatever it is. And that then becomes a discussion on, but, but if you do, why don't you want the name of it? What does that change? Apart from how you think the society is going to treat you, Apart from this assumption of how society is going to look at you, you're still going to have that condition either way. It's just that you you won't have the name of it. So you're actually going to have less help. But again, it's that idea of, yeah, but I, I don't have it. I, I must just be making it up. I don't really, you know, I'm not, this is, and I've said this so many times, this is why CSI and um, NCIS and all those kind of problems really irritate me because they'll go, well, this is, clearly a, this is clearly a murder. It couldn't have been a suicide because, look, they have tickets to Bermuda and frozen food. And you're like, fuck off. That's not how mental health works. Just because they might have planned something out. And it's all you hear this all the time. You know, something is planned for the future. Therefore, that person can't have been suffering from depression. So, d- people aren't constantly in that same headspace. It's, it's just a nonsense. Yeah, and to kind of expand on that, um, is it called the DSM DSM five? Yeah, yeah. I, I see a lot of damage with that because um, I also have ADHD. I'm predominantly inattentive, and I felt like I kind of the opposite of living up to neurotypicals. I felt like I had to live up to having ADHD textbook, and I had to meet all of these like standards of being hyperactive or disruptive or all these like very stereotypical traits, and you know, getting a diagnosis, I don't know what it's like in America, but here it cost me £700 to have a private diagnosis because NHS waiting lists can be really long. And that was a whole lot of mental torment going through. Do I really have this or am I making this up? But I see a lot of people, there's a lot of people that I know who could probably get a diagnosis for something, but they just don't think they have it. Or like, I don't know, there's just a lot of damage about it. And I think being undiagnosed or for some people untreated 
is extremely damaging, especially conditions like ADHD, where you can end up feeling worthless or just like, like I always felt really out of place and like, why, do, why am I, why is this easy for everybody else and not for me kind of feeling. And so I think, yeah, yeah there's just a lot of ideas about mental health and how we even label the symptoms that need to be readjusted. Yeah, I mean, the fact that you even, um, and in England, we even talk about the DSM-5 is always an interesting one for me because we're not meant to. The DSM-5 is not an international book. That's literally for America. We're meant to use the ICD, the, inter um, the International Classification of Diseases. That is what Britain... That might have been what they used. I'm, I'm not yeah, sure. But I mean, a lot of us, we still talk about DSM-5. I still do. And some psychologists actually mix and match. And the whole point is that they're both shit. They're both checklists. And it's why it becomes an issue. Yeah. We both have, we've all had interactions with this. I've seen this from other people that a GP maybe has told someone, well, yes, but we think we, you don't have this because you don't fit this checklist. Two things there. One, British GPs are not mental health trained. They're just not. Americans are, weirdly. Amer although I have an issue with American um, um, healthcare and psychological um, interaction, at least your, um, your, your, um, your doctors do tend to have some kind of uh, mental health uh, training of some kind. They don't in the UK. That's not part of their, their standard stuff. So one, they shouldn't be talking about it in the first place, um, unless they've had some kind of follow-up, at least not in terms of diagnostic. You know, it's okay to go, mm, maybe you should see someone. I get that because that's encouraging going, look, you know, you're going to help yourself. But not telling someone, well, you probably don't. Um, okay, well, let someone that knows what they're doing do it. Um, but also on top of that is, you know, Someone is literally there as a diagnostician. You have not been trained. There was a diagnostician. All you need to do is refer them. That's it. Refer them and shut the fuck up. Because you're not the one, you're not the one that knows anything. You know, in the same way for any of us. If somebody comes to us, we might have an idea. I think you might be suffering from this, but what's the first thing we're going to do? Here, here's a signpost to someone that knows what they're talking about. Here is the contacts, as you'll find in our resources on our website. Here is the contact details for someone to do with... ADHD, OCD, PTSD, and everything else. And here, this is a referral that you might need. And that is what we do because that's what diagnosticians are for. They're the people that should be able to do it. And the idea, I mean, OCD, the one for me is because I am diagnosed with OCD, which is, oh my God, the most, one of the most misrepresented um, mental health issues in the world. Because, and doctors still do this, and this is my issue with it and why I brought it up, is because doctors will still go, oh, yeah, but you don't have um, the same, you don't think that someone's going to die if you don't do this, oh, you can't have OCD. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. That's not the same for everyone. Yes, intrusive thoughts is part of OCD. Yes, there's certain traits of OCD that are the same. But like everything else, anyone suffering from a mental health issue is an individual. That's the biggest problem with the checklist. We're all different people. You don't go, oh well, you you haven't got a bro you haven't got a broken leg because it isn't broken in this specific bit. You know, we've just looked at your entire leg and the fracture isn't in the middle of it. Therefore, you haven't got a broken you haven't got a fractured leg. That's not how it works. In the same way, it shouldn't be. Well, you might have OCD, but now that you see that that one checklist that says you don't. It's not how it works. It's not how any medicine I mean works. Well, we talk a lot about spectrums now, right, which is fantastic because we should have been talking about this for years, right? And it has to do with everything else. Like, you're not going to have everything in the checklist, and it might be varying degrees of that. So 
why do we still have a checkbox? Like we see this with alcoholism, substance use, uh, you know, substance dependency. You see them go by the checklist. Oh, you, you only drink like twice a month. You probably are not an alcoholic. Mm. But those times that you drink, you drink till you black out. You, drink, you get two day hangover. You make terrible decisions. You know, you drive, you step out on your partner, like all of this, like you create dysfunction. You are an alcoholic. I'm sorry. Even though you drink twice a month, which that's me, but like the, the fact that we have these checklists, well, not anymore. Yes. (laughs) But that is the type, that is how I was an alcoholic. Yeah. So like I wasn't drinking every day. I wasn't like planning my entire life around drinking. It was every single time I drank, I was destructive. Mm. And you have more and more people thinking in that direction, but not enough people and not enough people that are honestly maybe diagnosing, but uh, in positions where that change can be made. Yeah. And it's it's like being told, um, well, you don't suffer, you don't suffer from this because you look too happy and you're going to go, well, there's some scars on my arm that tend to suggest otherwise. Um, what what exactly are you on about? Uh, you know, it's it's so strange that that people just want to do that tick list. Sometimes the only reason I did this is because I don't I don't like the idea of spectrum, um, because I think it actually it diminishes a lot of what identity was for a lot of people, especially those that maybe um, suffer from autism. There's been a lot of backlash about the identity that they actually found beyond what the spectrum has now um, created. But um, but that that is, of course, controversial, depending on what side of it you're on. So mm. you know, there, there's both sides of that. But also, you get, you get some people, very annoyingly, who go, but aren't we all on a spectrum? No, you're fucking not. No, not everyone is on a spectrum. Yeah. That, that, and that's the thing is that the new way of looking at the spectrum makes everyone go, aren't we all in a spectrum? No, no. We're Venn diagrams, okay? This is everyone that's suffering. This is everyone that's not suffering. And at points, we overlap. So somebody that is obsessively cleans, you have a trait of OCD. So you're in the middle. You're the Venn diagram that overlapping. That doesn't mean you're on some kind of spectrum to OCD because OCD if you can't do certain things you won't be able to have a nice sit down for a tea afterwards and go oh I wish I'd be able to do that you'll be in hospital because you've had a panic attack so severe that you have passed out you may have even tried to um, self-harm yourself because of the fact that you weren't able to do that that's my issue with it is that there's a Venn diagram not a spectrum. And I think that's where we need to talk about. This is neurodivergent. This is neurotypical. Occasionally they overlap. And you can see some of the traits. Some of the traits. In the same way that um, neuro- neurotypicals, you have people that are just complete bastards and want to use everyone. And then narcissistic personality disorder. And then there's the overlap. And the overlap is the complete bastards that treat people like shit. That is not people with narcissistic personality disorder. Despite yes. the fact we constantly say that they are suffering from narcissism. They're not. They're just arseholes. Yep. Keep using, and we, we use it so often, and that's my issue with spectrum, is because the idea of talking about people being on a spectrum creates the idea that we can now use mental health disorders as an excuse for people being arseholes. You know, oh, well, they, they're, they're really violent at the moment. Oh, well, yeah, they've got a bit of IED. We don't say that, do we? But we say about OCD, we say about depression, we say about narcissism. Why is it now special for certain? And then we have a, a hierarchy of 
what, which ones can we use as slurs now? Because effectively what has been happening, you're using mental health disorders as a slur against he's someone that you don't like. It's the common one. What's that? Saying he's such a narc seems to be the common one yeah. these days. Yeah, the amount of TikToks you'll find on people talk about their, their ex being narcissist. No. I've talked about this before. We are all someone's crazy ex. Every single one of us. I don't care how nice you are. I don't care if you're Mother Teresa. She wasn't that nice either in certain places. Um, it doesn't matter how nice you are. Everyone is someone else's crazy ex. How many times does that then become, oh, they're such a narcissist? Are they? Are they really a narcissist? Or is that just your creation of what you wanted them to be wrong because they're your ex? And that's the problem. It becomes a slur. And that doesn't tend to come with a discussion of Venn diagram. It does with the spectrum. That's my issue with it is so many ways of thinking, especially because it comes in the, the medical field of how to talk about it, really fucks with the reality. Because those people that come up with those terms don't tend to be people that are actually suffering. Yeah, it demonizes and makes it really hard, I think, for people who do suffer to even come forward. And kind of what you said before about how some people will be like, oh, but I don't want that label. Mm -hmm. I think that's where that stems from. And especially things like he's such a sociopath or psychopath or he's very bipolar. Like these are the kind of things I've heard, maybe not so much these days, but especially like in the early 2000s, mm. I would hear these terms. And so I think things like ASPD, bipolar, MPD, all those kind of disorders got really stigmatized because of these expressions. Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, even, even just the understanding as well, like um, how many times have we heard maybe we're looking at Jekyll and Hyde or um, Deadpool or any of those and said they're schizophrenic. That's not what schizophrenia is. It has no relation to schizophrenia whatsoever. Schizophrenia is, is a completely different disorder. You don't hear, you don't necessarily hear voices in your head. That's a very different condition. But we want to throw those slurs out. And I'm going to talk about them as they are because they are slurs. People will never talk about them like that. They'll go, well, the mental health disorders that, oh, I have a bit of this. Oh, it's my bit of OCD. Oh, it's my bit of... No, it's not. That's a slur. That's effectively a slur is what you're doing. You don't... You wouldn't go and... Uh, you wouldn't say um, if you get drunk and, and, um, and kiss uh, someone of the same sex and you're completely... You wouldn't go, oh, I'm a bit gay. You wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do it. But suddenly, because you tidy a lot, you're a bit OCD. And I know there's probably going to be people that come back at me on that one. But it's true. They are it's people that are, that are suffering, that you're effectively taking the piss out of by saying that you have a bit of this. A bit mm -hmm. of this or a bit of that. It's an identifier for those people. Those people are suffering. Those people are identifying that way. You, can't, you don't just throw those words around, as you shouldn't about anything. None of that is acceptable to throw the words around. Why do we still do it about mental health disorders? Because it's still used so much, and it shouldn't be. It just shouldn't. It's ridiculous. And, um, with spectrums, too. Like, I don't particularly hate spectrums, so long as you kind of are within that group. But I think spectrums are often misunderstood as being like a linear thing. Yeah. And I, I see this a lot with um, mm -hmm. autism. You're high-functioning or you're low-functioning, and it's such a, like... I, I don't know how to even explain it, but I think it's really dehumanizing to those who are considered low functioning and for those who are considered high functioning, it very much minimizes that they go through any struggles at all. And it's kind of, well, you're more normal, so you can just go on and get on with it and they're not allowed to be autistic or ADHD or whatever. Uh, the, also, the, the other fun thing about that, of course, being that high and low functioning autism isn't a thing in any medical term whatsoever. It was a creation by parents of those that suffered autism back in the 1980s. 
and was then used in films such as Rain Man, which um, if you ever want to see how not to understand autism and how to completely misunderstand every single point, every single, single point, then that's the film for you because it gets everything wrong. Um, but it isn't, it isn't a medical term. And the idea of, of high function and low functioning just means um, who's, who's better at mirroring, um, who's better at masking. You know, if you're around certain people and you're able to mirror well, you might you might be called high functioning. If you're able to mask yourself well, you may be called high functioning. But then when you actually maybe release how you're actually feeling because there's frustrations and everything coming from everything else, you become overwhelmed. Then according to societal ideal, ideals, you probably find that everyone with autism becomes low functioning in their idea of it. And that's the problem is because these are made up terms from people that don't have a background in it. And it's so much in parents, it's parents groups in the 1970s and 80s. That's literally where the, t the terminology comes from. It didn't come from the medical field whatsoever. That's why it was very annoying to hear a doctor in the film Rain Man use the term and wrongly in any, any sense as well. Um, it's also the, the idea you, you then start to throw away savantism and things like that in terms of, of, um, of autism. And that gets very irritating as well, because the difference just to go off on one here slightly the difference in terms of savantism for um those that don't have autism is around four to six percent those with autism is between eight and twelve percent the difference is not that much but the society wants to tell you if you have um, autism suddenly you're also a savant so you can figure out someone's birth birthday um exactly from their year of birth it's just nonsense it's complete nonsense but again we like to throw in the nonsense with our understanding of mental health and you're quite right in the idea of it, of it being linear. People just going to go, well, it's, it's, you're, you're on, which step are you? Are you? And that's the thing with autism, with the new one. That's why a lot of people don't like it. Are you autism one, two, or three? ASD one, two, or three? You know about. I think. Yep. That's how it's identified. ASD one, two, or three. That's literally how they identify it now. To be fair, I think ADHD has something similar where you are, because they, they got rid of the whole ADD thing, and you're either inattentive, combined, or... In a, or a hyperactive I think the other one is and you kind of have to fall into one of those and so for me I am predominantly inattentive but I definitely have days where I'm more on the hyperactive scale but I feel like I can't say that because I'm not diagnosed with that if that makes sense. I don't know you're something else but then the, again you're, you're going against the point you made earlier that you're now starting to go well, I can't be that because of this. And it's like, That's well, what I mean it's like I experience it because of the yes. And it's, labels. It shouldn't be the case. It's oh, all of it. This just came from you saying spectrum, RJ. So. <laughs> You're welcome. That's what I'm here for. Here's a gun. again. Just <laughs> <laughs> gonna give us a song, dude. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's there's there's so many issues, and I think that is something that, and the reason that we exist as well, and the reason that the the vast majority of the trustees, like I say, um, all but one of us have something. We, we suffer from some form of mental health issues. Some of us, for a long, a long period of our lives, we've been diagnosed. I've been diagnosed since the age of nine with um, OCD, at least, and then progressively everything else that's wrong with me. Um, but and uh, for anyone out there, I'm saying it's wrong with me. I'm not saying those things are wrong. Um, there will be much more plain language, I'll, I'll say again, in discussions for us and for everything else. Plain language is important. And, you know, if you're talking about something that's you're suffering from and that's that's important for those around you, trying to police the way they talk about their own mental health is exactly the same as policing the way they're talking about their own language. If you're not suffering, shut the fuck up and let them talk about it. If they're saying something, 
that's their discussion for them with people that they associate with. Because what you do by going, um, you know, you have somebody say um, a comment about um, something they suffer and other people around them suffer, and you go, well, I don't think that's right, or I think it should be said this way. What you're doing by that is effectively going, you're the ones that are suffering. I'm not. But clearly you don't understand that they're having a go at you. So I'll step in for you. You're lowering the expectation of what we really understand and know for ourselves. You, you're assuming um, a superiority in how you understand things and your more backbone and everything else. Let us understand what we're going through, because that's the whole point. We haven't been given the forefront to be able to talk about this. So shut up and let us do that. We need to be the ones that are actually talking about this, not continually being pushed down by how neurotypicals want to associate us. They want to put us in that box over and over and over and over again. And we break out of one box, get another fucking box. That's why I have issue with trigger warnings that I've talked about before, because it's the same thing. Get in the box. Mm -hmm. if, if we make you uncomfortable when we talk about mental health, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. We should. Because if we're not making you feel uncomfortable when we talk about our mental health, it probably means that we've been indoctrinated into the same nonsense. It should be an uncomfortable discussion because mental health isn't something that is easy to understand, easy to talk about. It just isn't. It never has been. It's why I don't like the term safe space when I see it so much on Twitch and YouTube and everything, because it's not a safe discussion. You don't talk about the idea of wanting to kill yourself and some fucker else is unalive to me. Again, I'm going to slap them as hard as I can. Kill. If someone else talks about killing themselves, cutting themselves, hurting themselves in some way, that's not, that is not a comfortable or safe discussion. But we shouldn't be making it comfortable and safe. Because if we do, then we downgrade what that real, um, the real truth behind the discussion is. We downgrade the severity of that discussion. We end up talking to each other as if we are uneducated children. That's what it becomes. We need to have the realities actually spoken about so that we can be uncomfortable, so that people look at us and go, I don't want to look that way. Well, it's tough. You, you've got to now. That's going to have to be your, your reality. Sorry, I've ranted there for a little bit. Feel free to jump in. <laughs> That's what we're here for. We're here for the Adam rants. <laughs> I was going to say, I um, heard a point from a friend. I don't know how much, I haven't really thought too much of it, but the idea of diagnoses um, and kind of related to the whole high-functioning, low-functioning is always dependent on how much of a burden you are considered mm -hmm. to other people. Um, I know there's a, I think it's an American company that are supposed to help autistic children, but they're supposed to be very problematic. I don't know what the company's called. Um, I know Sia worked with them at one point. And they basically, like, punish autistic children for doing things like stimming or mainly stimming, I think, is the big one. But, um, yeah, that's just a food for thought. It's a, yeah, they, they effectively use the same tactics as those doing conversion therapy. Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. Um, it, it's just conversion therapy, but for mental health, because you know that's and that that was my point of, as well against um against, against things earlier is that we're all seen as as problematic, and so you know get in the back, get in the get in the box, and uh, yeah, there are a lot of things problematic like that. There's 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 science behind a lot of these things, but then um, and even the way that um, that company tends to use things, there's science behind parts of it. The problem is they don't use it in that way. They use it then as a, they don't, they don't go, right, 
let's take what the science part of this is and see if we can interact it then with talking therapy and let's see if we can make a better way forward. They just go, no, this is the way. Let's be complete bastards to everyone. You know, because there's there's some good in almost every part of it. You know, it, like I've said before, I do not do well with talking therapies. I never have done. I, I just don't interact that way. I don't do well. I never shut up, as most people now have figured out anyway. But I just don't do well when talking therapies. Um, but they're still good for other people. There's still bits of everything that can be useful. But it's about bringing them together and actually moving forward with it. But you're quite right. A lot of these things and the way that we see mental health is almost down to whether we're a burden on society. Are we a burden? And that's almost where the idea of high and low functioning for autism and everything else comes from as well. It's like, well, you're not a burden, therefore you're doing well. You're high functioning. You're okay. Well, you're a bit more of a burden. We don't really hmm, got to put you behind something. And the fact that we don't have these discussions, the, the, oh, I'd say the funniest if it weren't so tragic. Do you know that the, the one that annoyed me the most in terms of trigger warnings was the time that I went onto a local radio station, it was a student radio station, and I was told to do a trigger warning, to say trigger warning, to, to state that I would be talking about mental health. I was brought on that show specifically because I was um, a student president of a mental health group. So I had to say to them, trigger warning, talking about mental health, even though you know full well that I'm on here as a representative of a mental health group. Was I going to be talking about the, the flavor of carrot cake? <laughs> you? You're supposed to talk about the state of the England national team, the rounders team. Not the, not the <laughs> yeah, we have a rounders team. Well, no, I mean, well, baseball. We do have a baseball team, which is okay. the same thing. Um, but that's just that's just made any Americans. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's that that weird thing about suddenly going. Oh yeah, well, we now need to give everyone another opportunity to disappear and not talk about this. We need to make sure that no one's going to listen. We don't want anyone to listen about the fact that you're suffering and there could be people suffering because oh no, we can't have that. It's, well. That goes to like when you seek help, right? You always wait until you're a burden on somebody. I didn't seek an ADHD diagnosis, even though I showed all of the symptoms for it throughout my entire life. I didn't seek it until it became, I was a burden. I missed uh, an appointment for my boy's mom uh, to pick up the boys. And I missed my son's uh, monthly checkup when he was a baby. And I was leaving to be on time but i thought that i had enough time to go do something else real quick and it was like okay something is not right and then i forgot how to do some like really standard stuff at work and that's really unsafe when you work with high voltage electricity so it's like i need to go in and get this diagnosed but that's what i waited for i didn't wait with the benefits would have been great until i was a burden but like that's how we have just made a mental health into like you until you are a burden on everybody else like you're fine yeah. when you could be getting help before that so why are we waiting is that's yeah that's a really great point yeah i had the same thing with university i didn't get diagnosed until just before my third year and it was kind of the same because i, I think a lot of institutes are set up with a kind of standard neurotypical process especially in education you have to sit your exams and learn in a specific way and because I just couldn't do that it was causing me too much like you know I was having mental breakdowns every week and, and stuff from doing exams it wasn't until I was then a burden on 
a mentor or on friends that I was like okay maybe I should like seek help and then they can provide me with whatever support to get me to meet the normal standard again and yeah I, I agree yeah it's it's yeah I mean your university is an interesting one because they're fucking useless um I, I yeah there's, there's plenty of, the problem is there's and that's the thing with universities is like you say, they're built to a standard of how things are meant to be done, especially in education. Education is probably one of the biggest things, and that's certainly something I want the charity to move into over time, is us going into schools. And not just going into schools and talking to um, the pupils, going to schools and talking to the staff and going, you know what? Guess why this person isn't doing well in your class? Guess why you're having trouble with this, with this um, person? Because you're not taking any account of anything. And the, the problem comes, I mean, I do, um, I do private tutoring, have done for a while, and I had one student who, within, I think, two sessions, I just went, please get them tested. I, I could see traits of some mental health issues. I'm not a diagnostician, uh, and so, you know, I could just see the traits, so I said, go and get them tested. They got them tested, and immediately it came back as they were obviously um, suffering from uh, certain mental health issues. That was in their, not their final, but their um, penultimate year of school of secondary school they got found out now the problem didn't come from the fact that um you know the, the teachers were inept or anything like that it's that you know when you've got 30 kids to a class and you have um you have 2,000 people in your school and then you have one person who is meant to look over all of them and look look over the idea of mental health and the whole system is set up for neuro uh, neurotypicals every time somebody fails something you just say they're a bad kid because it's easier than going, okay, well, no, we need markers at each stage of everything. We need to pick up on this now. Okay, things are happening here. This, 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 this. And the problem is that when we do do that, when we try and move into those areas, and it becomes SEN, which is special educational needs, if you hear SEN, I don't know about America, but if you hear SEN in, in the UK, you think learning difficulties. You don't think mental health issues. Yep. You think, oh, that's for, that's for the kids that can't do it. And unfortunately, and that's that's not something to, and again, that's not something to be looked down upon because there's there's help that everyone needs. If you can't do it at that level, absolutely fine. But the way that you deal with learning difficulties and the way that you deal with mental health issues is not the same. They're not the same, but they're put in the same way. And of course, if you suffer from one, you may not want to be seen as suffering from the other. If you're suffering from learning difficulties, you may not want to be thought of as being someone that suffers from depression. If you're someone with depression, you may not be wanting to be seen as someone who suffers from learning difficulties. But we put them all into the same bag and we don't look at um, identifying any further. Education is so bad at doing it. And I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a hit or miss with universities in the UK as to whether the university is going to be up to the job. Certainly, several of them are not up to the job of dealing with mental health issues. There are some very good ones, but that's the minority. I can say University of Glasgow, for instance, has, in my experience, been very good with dealing with mental health issues. But again, that's one person's experience. But there's other universities, such as Canterbury Christchurch University, who I don't think should be allowed to have students in their university because of that bad of mental health issues. So that's the problem. And I know there's going to be people going completely off the thing now. A charity is having a go. You know. Please feel free, specifically towards me. Because the reality needs to be talked about. And that's the problem, that we don't want to talk about the realities anymore. We want to say the nice things so that we don't have people trying to come back at us. You know what? I want the fights. 
I want the discussions. I want the kickback. Because until we have that, nothing happens. We don't have anything going forward. I want the kickbacks. I want the fights. Please bring it to me. Because they won't happen. And the simple reason is because they know they will fail if they try and get into those discussions. Piers Morgan won't do it because he knows he will fail in it. This is what is... We are sick and tired of being silent. We're sick and tired of being told that we have to be in that um, box. We're sick and tired of just being told we have to conform with everything because it gets very old very quickly. That's just not what we are. That's not what we are as a charity. If that's the charity I wanted, I wouldn't have these two because these, uh, RJ isn't um, the standard person that wants speaking. Leah isn't the standard person that wants speaking. In fact, the idea, I, I think, for most people in a charity of having someone from Gen Z involved in your charity of mental health, they'd probably absolutely hate. But, sorry, that's the reality of things. We need to talk about it. We need to talk about it. We need people from different life, um, life experiences. We need people that will actually talk out. We need people that can actually see the issues. And so much we don't. And education is the biggest one. And it annoys me so much as someone that's done tutoring and teaching and instructing and everything else that so many people just don't look at it. Or they're the problem kid if they do stuff. Yeah, I think mental health and education is often also like the issue with it is hidden under this. It's mental health week or it's mental oh. health month. And one thing that like my university had this whole thing for mental health week, which they gave seeds to students, but that's a whole other topic. Um, but one thing that I found with a lot of education systems, again, I don't know what it's like in America or internationally, but they seem to make it as difficult as possible to access help. I don't know whether that's to try and like put you off of accessing it, but things like disabled students allowance, I have had the hardest time in the past trying to access their support. And in the end, I got like funding for like ink, which I don't even own a printer, so that was useless. And um, my, like the disabled services in our university as well, it was like they never responded to emails. It was always me having to chase different people up to try and get hold of them and access different support. I didn't end up getting any support until after my dissertation was written. And I just I feel like mental health isn't taken seriously, whether it's because they prioritize finances or, or something. But because they do mental health week, it's often kind of dismissed or looked over. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and where you see it, like at the company level especially like it's the same as education right but it's oh we talked about it we care right we're, we're talking about it right now like you know they're like oh here you need that line moved i'll move it two inches in front of you there we move the line it's better when we need to go 10 feet with that line right and you see it like i said companies you see it education every level i mean you know you're talking about america education like it's kind of non-existent so it's it's fun for yourself. It really is. And, uh, but when you, when you really go into it and we're, we're talking even family levels, like, Oh, I want you to talk to me if you're not doing well. And it's like, well, I didn't mean talk to me about that. I meant like, you know, if you need $5 for a gallon of milk here, go get a gallon of milk. Like that, that's what I meant. Like, and that's really, that's really a stigma behind it too, where people say it's okay to not be okay until you're not okay. And then they're like, well, I didn't mean, you know, that kind of not okay. I meant like, you know, it's just okay to be 
stress basically is what they they say we don't want you seeking help or talk yeah i mean there's i actually just did a, a tiktok and on on twitter today um that was me literally saying stop asking people how they are um and the, the reason i said that which sounds such a weird thing especially you know your chair of a mental but then my whole point was unless you have the ability to talk to that person about any issues they might have don't ask them if they're okay. Because if you do, if you are genuine, and I don't mean in the British way of going, you're right, mate, because that's different. That's just us greeting. But if you're literally going to someone, you know, are you okay? If I said to Leah, are you okay? And Leah suddenly just went, actually, no, I'm, I'm struggling with this. And I just went, oh, good luck with that. And then went, Leah's going to feel even more shit. You know, if you have the capability to talk to somebody about it, great, do it. If you have the spoons, the light, whatever analogy you're going to use, great. But if you don't, or you don't think you could even discuss it, or you don't have the resources for someone, shut the fuck up. Because all you're doing is making that person feel even worse. Imagine that person has gone through the entire day. No one's inquired about, about them whatsoever. There's been no interactions like that. And then you've finally gone, you know, um, hey, how are you doing? And there's, oh, my God, somebody actually cares. And then you're, oh, today's another, t- tomorrow's another day. Great. Now, now that you've completely invalidated everything they've just said to you, uh, and it's just, it's just ridiculous. We're, we're told this, like you say, RJ, this, it's okay not to be okay. I hate that. I hate that hashtag. I really do. Because it doesn't come with anything. If you're going to say it's okay not to be okay, and then you have resources, you go, it's okay not to be okay. And if you're not okay, here's some resources. Cool. You're using that hashtag and that way of thinking the exact way it should be done. It's okay to be okay. But you know what? Maybe you need some help. Cool. But if you're just going, it's okay not to be okay, fuck off off my screen. Like, what are you on about? You're not doing anything. You're just using it because you think it's clout online. And that, that's become a bit of an issue when, when people just throw that out there. You, you get that from some people. So, and it, it becomes a Dumbledore quote. The amount of, like, LA-style wellness nonsense. Um, and I talk about this uh, a lot because oh, I think that's what a lot of the kind of wellness and yeah. mental health stuff has become. It, it's this kind of L.A. you know yoga studio attempt at things where it's just like, it's okay not to be. Are okay. you California sober? <laughs> Have you heard about that one? That, I, I, oh, my God. What even? Where you're sober in your mind. So it's okay if you drink every once in a while. You're California sober. That really was a thing that was going around for a little while. But... I, there's, you know, there, there's a lot of people, and I experience this in the sobriety community, where if you don't do things a certain way, then you're somehow less than. And it's very prevalent. And this is all over the globe in the AA community, where if you don't do AA, oh, you're not really sober. You're not working on yourself like you need to. You need to work the steps. You need to go to a 12-step program, specifically AA's 12 steps. And it's like, no, nah, it's right. I'm good. And, like, I've been sober eight and a half years just fine doing things my way am i completely healed from things that i knew i needed i didn't know that i need to heal from no but guess what i wouldn't have got them from 12 steps anyway i had to do things my own way to get to where i am and i'm i'm in a very good place now compared to where i was a year ago compared to where i was eight years ago when i put the put the alcohol down and was like you know what i need i cannot do this anymore because uh, it is a dead end in my life, and I don't want it to be an end. Yeah, I mean, the, the problem, um, you know, 
AA has a very big fucking problem, I and mean, it has many problems. The biggest problem being, if you state effectively that AA is the only way to be truly sober, what about the 1.2 billion people that don't believe in a higher power at all? Now, that's probably on the low side, if we're honest. That's probably on the low side, but that have identified, if we look at stats, mm-hmm. about 1.2 billion people that supposedly identify as not believing in any higher power whatsoever. One of the tenets of AA is that you must believe in a higher power. That you have no control. It's like, no, I do have control and I believe I have control and that's how I haven't taken a drink. And so, I mean, that works for me. That doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Do whatever you have to do. And like, I know that this is similar in other communities within the mental health space. Yeah. Like it let people do what they need to do as long as you're doing yes something what works for you works for you i've said it before i know it's the most yes. you know if it works for you it works for you now the only the only difference i have with that is that um obviously if it's somebody trying to screw you over and and take your money there's issues there's a separate issue but if you're doing things that other people think is airy fairy or whatever we want to identify as if it's working for you and there's no one in the background taking money for helping you do that, do it. You know, if reading your horoscopes every morning helps you with your day, fucking do it. I don't believe in it. Most of the world don't believe in it. But it's helping you, so cool. Do it. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. If it's going to help you, it's going to help you. I meditate every day. I know that even those that meditate don't necessarily do it every day. So there may be some people that meditate once a month. Some people don't meditate at all. They don't have to. If it's not going to help them, then fine. But it helps me, so I'm going to do it. It's, it's like that with everything. I like playing chess, for instance. I like things like that because I like playing games. I use Twitch a lot when I'm not streaming. I use Twitch a lot to play things like words on stream because it actually helps me calm down and, and chill out. That kind of competitive thing is actually calming for me, so I like doing it. And so I do that before I go to bed of an evening. That's not going to be something that's necessarily suggested by someone as a way to help your mental health. For me, it is. It helps me. Therefore, it helps me. And, and that's, that's the thing. And, and yeah, when, when people in communities start to gatekeep their own communities, it gets very annoying because all they're, only, all they're actually doing is, again, pushing a neurotypical ideal. They, 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 are, they are putting up the exact same boxes because they're going, this is how all people with depression act. This is how all people with OCD act. This is how all people with autism act. And you're going, uh, uh, what? What? What are you on about? It's not like I go around saying, this is how everybody with brown hair acts. No, because it would... And the idea that suddenly, if you have a mental health condition, that suddenly you fit the exact ideas of, every, of everyone else that has that condition, in the same way that if you have blue eyes and brown hair, you must act that way. If you're, in, if you're a millennial, the obvious one, if you're a millennial or a Gen Z, well... You now are exactly everything to do with that um, that generation. I'm lazy. Oh yeah, we 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 screwed up the entire, <laughs> entire world, RJ. Did you not know? I mean, we're we're oh, I know. On both sides. We're hated by it's... the by the by the boomers for for um, being actually being what Gen Gen being uh, independent and Gen Z haters for not doing enough. You know, that's clearly what millennials are. But that's the fucking problem. We are you get identified by this random thing, and it's the same thing when it comes to mental health. You, they would put you in the box, and that's it. You're in that box now. You're not getting out. No, 
and it's, it needs to be dealt with. We need actual people that want to talk about it. You can't just keep pushing back when it comes to mental health. And this is why I've said we're sick of being in the background. We're sick of being quiet. Because yeah. how many times have you seen? Let's put it this way: I'm I am a I am a what I think most people would think of as being a bad example of someone to do with mental health and talking about it because I'm loud and I'm in your face about it. But what's more likely to get someone's attention? And who do they actually let on TV, on radio? Now, occasionally you'll get someone that's a bit more boisterous. Who do you actually see on the BBC or on ITV or on, um, on CBS, on anything like that? You, you see someone that will bow their heads, say the right things, and then move off the screen. Because that's the person they... Absolutely. Get. And there's nothing against that person, but they've been specifically picked because of the fact that that's them. You know, we have trustees that wouldn't necessarily be the same. We have a, 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 one of our trustees who I don't think would want ever to be on, on camera and talk about it. And that's absolutely fine. They're still valid. Their points are still there. But they also know that they wouldn't have the same interaction with people. People wouldn't necessarily get behind certain things. And that's the issue we have, is that we end up getting picked specifically. They might look at this charity and go, Ooh, well, we want the one that's quietest, please. We want the one that's not necessarily going to rock the boat. We want, mm, I don't know if we want, we want that, that, that person. No, we don't want that person. No, they don't, they don't quite fit what we, we want on the screen. It's like, no. Wait, they call themselves an alcoholic on purpose? Yeah, exactly. Wait, what? No. <laughs> It'd be like, can you just really say as, as recovering alcoholic for the screen, please? <laughs> no? So, uh, I really like where you're going with this and like to take it a step further. I have two, two young kids. Um, my youngest turns three on August 1st and my oldest uh, is four, turns five in December. And I don't want him to go through life the way that I did. And it's not to say that I had a bad childhood, that I was uh, raised inappropriately or anything, but I want, I don't want them to have a box that they're fit into. I want them to hold the box, be able to take what they want from life and put them in there. And then if they don't like something, take it out and be like, no, I don't like this. But like, I want them to be able to talk. And if they are struggling with anything, or if like I notice that they have ADHD, guess what? We're going to take steps, right? To, to help them right away. So like, you know, they, they'll probably uh, be better with organization. Like I noticed that, I have problems organizing myself, but when things are organized, it helps me tremendously. So, like, I can help them get organized and go from there. You know, I'm not saying medication is bad. I take medication. But I am saying, like, yes, I want to explore other options before I medicate them. However, however, like, I want to be able to talk with them about have these conversations. And I just want it's okay for them to be who they are for real. And I want them to know that and to be that unapologetically mental health. That's where it starts to be honest. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the idea that again, it's this idea that no, 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 we, you need to, you need to fit. It's that, you know, circle in, yeah. in the whole at, at prime. It's one of the first things we were taught as, as kids, you know, that that's a square, that's a, that's a square. You've got to put the square in there. And that's how we then get treated for the rest of our lives as people. 
you know, well, you're not, you don't fit because you're, you're a circle. So we need to make you into a square now, you know, and it's, it's not going to work. It's not going to work for everybody. And like you say, it's not that, um, that you don't necessarily want them to, to go on medication. Medication might be, medication might be right for them, but there's other options, the same as with anything. That's, that's kind of the point of the charity as well. So you build your own therapy because it may be, and we will hopefully get some, well, we will be getting, but specifically hopefully get stuff on like D&D setups um, and different things like this. And that you, it's, it's always amazing to me that people go, well, that's not mental health. What the fuck are you on about? Why isn't it mental health? Everything, everything that you do could be something that's helping you with mental health. Hobbies, mm-hmm. hobbies are something that can get you to actually concentrate and to, to look at things in a different way. I mean, the creativity that some people have, but then don't feel that they can ever show it because of their mental health. D&D is a perfect one. I mean, D&D is perfect for it. I would, probably suffer, I would probably find it very difficult because, believe it or not, guys, I'm actually relatively introverted in certain things, especially like I would never dress up, for instance. I would never. I hate parties i hate the idea of fancy dress anything like that there's some people that love that and that really helps them because we're all different we're all individuals and that's the point that we just don't do and the thing is as well is that we then we've started to go in in different ways in society where now certain people get excused because they have mental health which then brings down everything else in that understanding of mental health so you know it would be like if I got into a fight and beat the hell out of somebody and they go, well, he's a suicidal depressive and therefore that's, that's the reason behind it. No, 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 I've been a cunt. That's, that's what's behind it. That's, well, I mean, you have OCD, so you had to break his other yeah, arm in know, the same way, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, they had to be broken the same. Yeah, it clearly makes sense. You know, I broke <laughs> one side of his nose, so I need to make sure there's a fracture on the other side. And that's the way that people seem to do it now. People, people do get excused nowadays for going... Oh, but that person's suffering. Yeah, that's fine. And they are. And they need, clearly need to get help for that. And I, I hope they, they can find the help they're looking for. But they're also a complete dickhead. The, the two aren't mutually exclusive. You don't have to be the nicest person in the world to suffer yes. from mental health. You can be a complete arsehole. You can be a complete piece of shit and still suffer from mental health in the same way that you can not suffer from mental health issues and be the nicest person in the world or complete, be a complete arsehole. What was the first thing that we started discussing um, when Donald Trump became um, president? Everyone that hated him and thought, you know, that he was a horrible person. Well, there's clear signs that he's a narcissist. Are there? Or is that just what we're associating because that makes it easier and we can excuse him now because of his behaviour? That happens with everything. When somebody spurts something out online, when somebody says something in person or something like, oh, I'm sorry about them. They're just going through a lot right now. Cool. Doesn't mean they're not a dickhead. And the problem is, again, it brings everything else down because now everyone that suffers from that condition, well, okay, so we might, we, we've got to expect maybe sometimes they're going to be aggressive now or we've got to expect sometimes they're going to just um, have a go at you or we've got to expect they're going to have narcissistic traits because of one or two people and they've got excuses. And again, it just misinformation about mental health again, over and over and over again. It just feeds back into itself. It's like a snake eating its own goddamn tail. It's just misinformation after misinformation. And we need to actually have this understanding that people are individuals and get the education out there and have the discussions. And again, I'm sure there's people listening to this going, oh, my God, they're swearing. And, oh, my God, I, I think he even said the C word at one point. And, oh, my God. Oh, well, you know, we need the discussions. We're human beings. This is how we speak in reality. 
In fact, if anything, I've probably toned myself down quite a lot. Um, but we, we're, we're humans. We talk normally. Yeah, I, mean, I would say you have. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to say stupid shit. And, you know, we should get called on it as well as everybody else because people get called on things because they're individuals. But those discussions need to happen. But, of course, if the discussions don't happen, no one gets called on anything, you don't get anywhere. So I really want, and I'm, I'm hoping we're going to all, um, or those of us that wish to, are going to be getting on those radio stations and be getting on the TV shows. And I really hope that it's probably going to, if they, if anyone does have me, it would be like Channel 5 or Channel 4. You know, those are the only two that I can think of that might actually have the guts to have me on because it will be late night when no one's watching. But if anyone wants to, to do that, you know, I'd love for, our, for the charity to have more people out there so people actually have the thing of going, well, you know what? They're a small charity, but they're trying to do this. So let's help. Because we are. We're a tiny charity at the moment. You know, we have a few resources online, video and music online, and with a few things that's going to help people. That's going to be going up um, weekly, hopefully another two or three videos going up every week, um, you know, or t- 10 a month to try and, to try and get things um, going on there from, from showing you how to break fall in martial arts to showing you through a, an exercise session to showing you how to make a setup for gaming or for D&D. And they're going to be things that you can find your own therapy through those. But we also have the normal resources so you can talk to charities and talk to those helplines that you also need. As well as that, we're going to be doing projects in person. There's not many of them at the moment because we have just relaunched. We've had those issues because of the way that the system works in the UK. But the more that we get the money, the the bigger we grow, then we'll start doing bigger projects and we'll start, you know, doing um, paying for, for people's therapy if they need it or to have projects in terms of martial arts class for younger people that are, that are struggling in their area setting up football teams in the local areas which I know has been helpful in certain areas in London you know these are things that we can do in the future and then as we get bigger and bigger that's when we start to get into things like policy and that's really every politician I'm putting you on warning that's when I'm coming for you and I don't care because I can talk the same way you do. And if you're in my way and you're trying to push down anything to do with mental health, I'd advise you get out of the way now. Because when it comes to mental health, I am coming for you. And there's a lot more people coming besides because we're bored of this now. This isn't acceptable anymore. The way that people with mental health um, conditions are treated is not acceptable. So we're coming to change it. You're not part of the discussion anymore. If you want to be, open it up now or get the fuck out of the way, because we're bored of the way that you're doing it. And I think that's a discussion that a lot of people are having in the world right now, but a lot of different things. And mental health is now on that list. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know how you two are thinking about that. I'm, 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 I, can, I can feel myself just getting on one at the moment. <laughs> oh, I agree. <laughs> um, it's without having the conversations, nothing's going to happen. So this is exactly, like, the perfect forum. And then having normalizing these things hobbies what do they do relax you they help you with your stress right and that is like really important and you know what try something maybe it'll turn into something that'll help you even more so just be have an open mind yeah i mean hopefully there's a resource that on that's going to be on our, our website that might help you know and we're going to we're going to have these kind of discussions every every month. We're going to have it's either going to be a podcast or maybe one of us talking on a specific subject. You know, for instance, if there's a big story on ADHD, you will some of you will be happy about this. You will not see or hear me. You will probably see or hear one of these two. You know, um, if there's a big discussion on um, on uh, suicidal depression, then I'm probably back. But 
or we'll have a then we'll have a you know we might have a podcast every month and we'll mix around you know i'm i'm chair of the charity doesn't mean i'm going to be here for every podcast it might be rj leah and our secretary for instance um it's going to be a mix of us differently talking about different things maybe talking through how you can help um or talking about projects that we've done i mean i'm really really hoping that in a few months time we can start putting up videos and having things so you can see the projects that we've helped you know martial arts classes that um you know small martial arts classes of five or six people in a small community that we've helped fund that'd be awesome i'd really love to do that um, I speak about that because that's my background. Martial arts and self-defense is my background. It's also the background of our secretary as well. So we're a bit biased in that way. But, you know, th those small projects. Or it could be um, a project on, you know, a, it's going to be in England, RJ, so it's going to have to be setting up a rounders team somewhere, you know, and and um, and, and helping them go to... That's what I was going to say. I suggest rounders. <laughs> and just... And just <laughs> getting to some tournament, you know, helping an after school. Because the thing is, is that I think that's important as well, is because no matter how big the charity gets, because our, 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 our aims at the moment are relatively small for the short term, but no matter how big we get, I think the idea of helping out a local school in whatever area we're in, because we're all in different areas, helping out a local school after school project, you know, well, the school doesn't have the money to, to, to set up this rounders team. Okay, well, we can. You know, no matter how big or small we are, we always try and do things like that and we can look out for those things. And I'd love to be able to have that as a, as a video on, on here for, for you guys on YouTube to kind of go, oh, look, this is what's happening. Maybe we can do something for us. And if anybody does want to help us, you can, okay? Onto the website, upformentalhealth.org. There's a donate button that's on there. If you want to donate just directly, you want to, you want to give money, that's fine, okay? You know, that maybe you just think, you know what? That's, that's the only way I can help, cool. If you have something you're massively passionate about, and I really want this, this is a call out actually for any comic book fan, because I don't want to be the one to do it, because I'm a massive comic book fan, but I'm not as big a comic book fan. So if, Pan, actually, Panda Red, if you're watching this, really love you to answer this, man. Um, <laughs> this is a specific TikToker and YouTuber. Uh, but any comic book fans out there, if you want to, you know, do a video for us about how to get started in um, with comic books or anything like that, or... You know, if there's anybody out there that has a passion for something and that's really helped you, that's helped you with your anxiety. I mean, I said it because I know Panda Red, for instance, who's on TikTok and YouTube, has talked about anxiety and talked about his comic books as well. So if you're out there and you, you have a passion for something that's really helped you out and you want to get involved, awesome. Contact us. Contact us. We'd love to have a video of you on the website talking it through, helping people go forward because this is therapy. I think that's the thing we need to remember is therapy doesn't just mean sitting down with someone on a couch and they've got clipboards looking like um, some kind of 19th century Freudian ideal. That's 20th century Freudian ideal. <laughs> That's not what we are. Okay. We want you to be able to set up your own therapy. You might go, you know what? I, I really need to get into to meditation. So you might listen to some of the videos that I've put up, or you might be going, you know, I really think that actually some of the martial arts might help, but I also think that and you talk to someone, so you might use our resources from there and a bit from there and put them together as you need them. And that's the point. It's a therapy that you create for you because no one knows you better than you, but it is important to make sure that there's interactions from everywhere else as well so that you can get the help you actually need. Um, was there anything else that you guys wanted to, to speak about before we kind of um, finished off as well, by the way? No, not really. No, they're just, gonna, they're just happy to hear me rant. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> well, I mean, we touched on a lot, and I think that I think we've covered really good ground. So, 
Yeah. I love it. I'm excited. Yeah. So this is our relaunch, everyone. This is this is us. This will be coming out. Um, and to let you know, as we have said at the beginning, so I didn't introduce this the way that some people will wonder why because of where they're seeing this. This will be coming out on the Up for Mental Health YouTube channel. Please subscribe. We're very small. We want we want members. It'll help us. It'll also be coming out on Untapped Keg on the podcast channel for RJ. And it'll also be coming out on the um, It's Good to Talk podcast under the Let's Chat uh, YouTube channel as well, as well as on Amazon Music and Spotify and everywhere else you can find us. It'll be coming out all over the place. So you will hopefully be able to interact with this um, in, in some way or another. Either it'll be on my channel, RJ's channel, our channel. And hopefully this goes out to as many people as, as possible. And we're going to keep going with this because... Um, it's not going away anytime soon. I'm sure there was people out there when we went into hiatus that thought, oh, well, that's gone now. No, no, no. I don't give up on things that quickly or that easily. It was just that we needed to get certain things sorted because the very silly rules that people have that tends to want to stop people from creating charities, but we don't give up that easily. So we are definitely back. We are relaunching. This is coming out on the day of relaunch. You'll be able to find hopefully a couple new videos that have come up for resources um, and a load of other things besides, as well as that, if you... If you are on the channel, on Up For Mental Health, if you're actually seeing this on our channel, every day this week, you'll find a video from us that uh, RJ needs to record. Um, but you'll have a video from each of us, uh, from each of the trustees, introducing ourselves, saying hello, saying who we are. It'll be on our, on our shorts. Um, if you're not on the Up For Mental Health YouTube channel, go and find it. It'll be linked below. I'm going to put a link in. So, RJ, go and find it. Go and subscribe. Go and say hello to us over there. And look out for those shorts if you want to know a little bit more about it. It'll be a minute, to, you know, 30 seconds to a minute of each of us talking about us and our interactions. And we're going to keep that channel up to date. Um, like I say, every month there'll be something new coming on there. Um, but thank you, everyone that has been here. If there's anyone that's been here for the entire video, the entire podcast, firstly, go get yourself a hot chocolate and a cookie. You deserve it. But thank you, everyone. <laughs> and uh, we will see you. Hey, Adam, I have a question. Go on. If people want to donate to the charity, where can they go? Yes, so I did say it quickly, but I, I kind of jumped over it, I think. So if you go to upformentalhealth.org, you can either scroll down to the bottom of that page, and there's a, there's a, 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 um, a donate button on the help us um, bit of the website, or if you go into um, I want to help. In fact, I'm going to bring it up specifically on my other screen right now. Um, so you can do it. So it is via PayPal, but you can, buy, you can pay either uh, PayPal or you can do it via um, direct debit, uh, sorry, direct debit or uh, debit card or credit card, and you can make it as a one-off payment or as a monthly continuing payment. So if you want to, when you go on there, there is a button you can um, you can click to say I want to make this monthly. So if you want to do a monthly uh, donation to the charity, please feel free. Um, if you get onto the main website, so upformentalhealth.org, you go down, just scroll down to fundraising, kind of obvious. And on that bit at the bottom, of the, it says donate. But also, if you're at the top of the page, you can just click on to get involved. On the get involved bit, there are different ways you can do that. So over get involved, there's fundraise, there's run for us, there's run an event. And on those pages, again, at the bottom, there's a donate as well. But also, again, if you want to help us in any way, you can either help us make a video because you're passionate about something. We can run a marathon for us. I might see you there. I'm a marathon runner, so maybe I'll run with you. You may have me running alongside you, or you want to just make an event, just run an event, you know, coffee mornings, very popular in the UK, you know, tea and coffee mornings, make some cakes, 
um, and do that. Maybe you want to do a garage or boots, boot sale and do donations. Awesome. Contact us first. Let us know what you're doing. Hopefully we can get some stuff out to you. You know, you don't have to do it um, yourself. I know this has been a, a big thing in the UK. They used to do um, stuff. Certain charities have always sent stuff out, like sponsorship forms or some tassels for your, for your event or whatever you might need. Certainly if you're running for us, we're going to send you a running top out. So you can say, I'm running for, up for mental health. Um, and, you know, we'll help you as much as we can. In fact, saying that one, I'm just going to regret asking me questions now. If you go on to um, run for us on the fundraising section, the one thing we say is that we will help you by sending you fundraising tips and tricks um, that you will be part of uh, team up for mental health and we'll send you a running top or running T-shirt. Totally up to your preference. I know I tend to like a vest if I'm going certain distances and a top for other distances. It just depends. Um, training advice. I have myself done um, a lot of training stuff. We're going to be sending that. Fundraising material. So that could be the sponsorship forms, the um, buckets that you can go around and things like that. So you'll see people with buckets in your, um, in your streets nearby sometimes. And, and just general support from our team that's going to be there for you and, and cheering you along as we go. And you might even have us there on the day of your run. So there's a load of different things you can do for, um, to help us, uh, donating like, a, like RJ said and like I said, but also involved in any other way. So you don't have to just give money. You don't just have to make a video. You don't just have to run. There's so many different ways. If you want to help, please do. But that's over on up4mentalhealth.org. It'll be in the descriptions below for myself, um, for RJ and on our main channel. But um, like I said, go get yourself a cookie if you're still here. Maybe if you like cooking and you like baking, you can go and do a coffee morning for us. But thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you both for being on here, and we will see you again next time. Thanks, everyone. Mm -hmm.